720 WGN, this is Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Corinne Heggie, do you just want to talk about old uh, Champaign-Urbana bars as we were continuing our conversation through the news? Well, John, that's a cause near and dear to my heart, but no, I'd rather talk about what we are going to talk about on Let's Get Legal. Yeah, we were just reminiscing about Champaign-Urbana days and how the campuses have changed. I'm sure everyone has those conversations no matter where you went to school. 312-981-7200 is our phone number at walknerlawfirm.com, W-O-C-H-N-E-R lawfirm.com is where you can see Corinne and John's profile and all that you do and Corinne, you're such a good writer too can i just say that off the bat yes thank okay, you i appreciate that uh that feedback yeah i've been reading some of your articles and uh you, obviously you talk about wills and trusts and end of life decisions which can be heavy but you have such a great way to write about it and reframe how we think about it because i do think we just are so scared about it or we just don't want to think about it but we have to really put a spin or at least a different perspective on what's going to happen when you're gone to the people that you love because so many cases end up in real messy situations right yeah they do john and you know i hope i like to write and i hope through the articles you know we can slowly adjust people's attitudes and seeing the benefits of planning because responding to the fear of mortality we know is a huge huge hurdle Mm mm-hmm and uh, I was surprised in one of your articles to read. I thought maybe with COVID, you know, the the fact that people were dying younger than they, they should, and there was fear, of course, of that, rightfully so, that that would prompt more people to at least write a will, establish a trust. But the numbers don't seem to indicate that, does it? No, they, they don't, John. And I, I will say, I think, um, you know, the pandemic did, you know, kind of cause people to adjust their focus and maybe... If they had started the process, get across the finish line mm-hmm. or had been, you know, dipping their toe in to to kind of jump in and do it. But by and large, it hasn't moved the needle or flattened the no estate plan curve. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's it just leads to so many complications. I, I one article you wrote about you were washing dishes with your son, uh, which is that is that his daily chore? That's what he has to do at the end of each meal? Well, we try and spread spread the chores around the Heggie household. So from time to time it's a it's a rotating cast of characters in my kitchen and so often my my oldest will be the one you'll find with me. Right. And you, he was putting on Prince, we loved and what was the quote he said about him? Well, Super my fly, my, well, my um my oldest son, I was like, "Well, why Prince? Why Prince Jack?" And he's like, "His his flow is fire." <laughs> And it is, I mean, or was, of course. Well, you know, Prince's hair always met the mood of the album. Yes, it sure did. But you use that opportunity as a window into a conversation because as famously as it's played out, Prince, who is not alone, Aretha Franklin, other famous people, Abraham Lincoln, you listen in the article. Indeed. There are a lot of famous people that have never had a will, and that causes problems, doesn't it? You know, it it, it does. I mean, it's... And every problem solvable, mm-hmm. but it can just um, not allow you to have the final world, the final word, and, and can inv- really invite kind of chaos and 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 maybe even a judge into those final decisions about your property that you've probably worked really hard to earn during your lifetime when you're no longer living. I know a lot of people out there say, yeah, but I don't have an estate like Prince where you have not only the actual physical estate, but you have the licensing, all the music and all that. But everyone out there, if you have kids, if you own anything, which can mean a lot of different things, 
if you're married, I mean, that will is going to be huge, right? It's going to be very powerful, and it can take a lot of uncertainty out of out of the situation when you're no longer living. And, you know, John, people will say, oh, I don't have anything. I don't own anything. You know, I, I want to I flip the script on that because you probably do. Mm-hmm. And estate planning isn't for the ultra wealthy, the people of many business interests, interests, property all over the place, or only for people who have minor children. Mm-hmm. It's for everyone because everyone owns property. And whether you worked your dairy air off to get it, you inherited it, or someone gave it to you, it's yours, and you have the ability to plan for where it goes when you can no longer enjoy it because you're no longer living. I know a lot of people out there say, well, I'll just write something simple down, and it's going to this person, or I'm going to split it evenly. But I imagine the devil is in the details. There's a lot of things that if you don't contact, whether it's you, Corinne, John, anyone from Walker Law Firm, or any lawyer who handles this sort of stuff, the details are what's important. Right. I mean, details matter here, John. Writing it down is great. Do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow this conversation we're having today to be an invitation to everyone who's listening to write it down. But you've got to make sure that is it witnessed? Does it need to be notarized? How many witnesses? What do I have to do to make sure that this paper that I've taken the time to write down, put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard Mm -hmm. and make sure it'll hold up if it has to hold up because someone is a little finicky about what's happened with it or why it says what it says when you're not here. Right. And I think that's like an uncomfortable thing to, to, to expect, too, that your kids might fight over something or there might be a disagreement about what means. We want to believe that when we're gone, it'll be all roses and flowers as the, the family comes together. But I think, Corinne, you probably witnessed the situations, even well-meaning situations, not huge animosity, not big blow-ups, although I'm sure you've seen those, too. But there's just legitimate questions that siblings have between each other or descendants have between each other, right? Right. They do. And, you know, we don't want – we invite questions. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get the questions answered, but we can have really meaningful and 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 discussions about the questions and get them answered if your documents are airtight. Right. And airtight is hard to achieve by writing it on a napkin. Indeed. <laughs> yes. 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 I'll just say that. Let's take a quick commercial break. 312-981-7200. If you have any questions for Corinne Hagee about uh, planning for the future, planning for after you're gone, she's from Walkner Law Firm, W-O-C-H-N-E-R, lawfirm.com. Corinne, you got a phone number you want people to reach you guys at as well? You can find us uh, by phone at 847 272 7360. I appreciate you giving people a chance to write that down. 847-272-7360. More with Corinne Heggie after this. On Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN. John Hansen here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Home Sweet Home Chicago will be after the Blackhawks game, which I'm taking you up to the pregame show with Joe Brand who's sporting his great WGN Radio hoodie, by the way. I saw him walk on in. I love my great WGN Radio hoodie, just saying. Uh, I'm joined by Corinne Heggie from Walkner Law Firm. We had a text, Corinne, and I think that this is just like that 
ultimate success. This is what we're going for here. From the 815, I was so glad to complete my estate planning so my kids and or the state do not need to make those decisions. This person is sleeping easier tonight, and that's what you're all about, right, Corinne? Indeed. You know, we more often than not hear when someone has come in to either build an estate plan and sign it for the first time, update an estate plan, or, or add to an estate plan. I mean, the words are something like this. Boy, I feel better. Yeah. Glad to have this off of my list. I can't tell you what peace of mind this is giving me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's priceless to be able to sleep a little bit better at night because I, I know we have a lot of people and we talked earlier about how many people don't have a will yet and, and the COVID hasn't changed anything or uh, uh, a trust. Um, I think people know they need to do it though. And so that means it's a lingering checklist item. And if there's nothing I hate more, it's items on a checklist that haven't been checked off or crossed off yet. So I think people know it and that makes it even worse because then you just are, it's lingering. Right. I, yeah. No one likes that, that lagging line item on a checklist. And, you know, I, I, I think, John, we work really hard um, to lower that barrier. So that people can find a point of entry mm-hmm. to have the discussion, and it it can, and we're going to find something, find the documents that you need that you feel comfortable and ready to sign, so you can have some peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we were talking during the break. I'd love to uh, highlight it. What happens after you pass, and you have stuff that's going to go to probate court, right? Which a lot of it does if you have a will, correct? It goes to probate? Right. I mean, probate. a will doesn't help you all the time avoid probate, but it can be a great first step to try and you know make probate, n- remove it from the discussion when you're no longer living. Right. And if you don't have that, probate is a court situation that gets notice put in the paper, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Right. Illinois law, John, requires that when a, a probate case is open, that the fact that the probate is open and there's a representative mm-hmm. of the estate that gets must be published in writing. And what happens then is pretty insane to think about. What are the creditors doing? Well, the, the creditors, you know, they don't typically walk away from obligations that people or businesses own them when someone dies. So they have departments that are dedicated to making sure or taking efforts to still collect on that debt when when no one's living. Mm -hmm. And so that means, John, the creditors are afforded the opportunity to bring their claim, to bring their debt to the court, to a probate judge and say, hey, judge, here's the paper that supports that I'm owed money. Let me be heard. And by the way, pay me first. And that's what happens. All the creditors and the debt gets paid first. Yes, before the descendants are able to get what they deserve. And if you think, oh, it's innocuous, they're not going to see my notice in the paper. No, they have teams that literally scrub newspapers, right? Right. They have departments dedicated to this, John. And I'm sure, like a lot of businesses, they leverage technology to do so. Oh, 100%. I'm sure there's algorithms and searches that they do that ping names and match names to who owes what. And look, they're entitled to that. I'm not trying. I mean, I know what they're trying. They, you owe a debt. Debts need to be paid, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea that it happens first, that then your descendants have to wait, not only wait longer, but then it's going to be a lot less maybe than you had hoped to be able to give them. That can be 
hurtful. I mean, that can be something that you've left, unfortunately, a mess for them to clean up, right? Right. It's it's painful, and the and the um, aftershock of that can look a lot of different ways. Right. Let's then spin this positively. You can do something about this today, everyone. If that's a situation that worries you or you don't want to pass on, there's something you can do. We need to talk about details. There are a lot of things that people, whether they, you know, it's in the details, as we said. There's things like, what, retirement accounts. What other examples do people not think of when they realize that this needs to be written down where this is going to go? Sure. So retirement accounts, as you as you, as you um, identify, John, life insurance policies, Bank accounts, your pets, if those are important. I know those are important to people. Have you taken a look at your estate plan with fresh eyes now that your children are, you know, 18, 21, 25, older? Mm -hmm. These are just a couple of the things that are commonly seen because we know at our law firm these things are unique. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people have businesses, some people own. A lot of real estate. You, you got to know how you own your property because that's the first step to documenting it, documenting something to protect it. I imagine a lot of people might be thinking, this is a real mess. I've got things in different places. I haven't done a thing about this. I'm embarrassed, maybe. I'm here to tell people, one, don't be embarrassed. And that by reaching out to you guys, it's a, it's a judgment-free zone, right? Oh, always. I mean, we approach it as you're here now let's forget the past and let's look forward mm-hmm. because you're here now and we want to be a partner to you as you you know take this item off of your checklist and try to you know dispel uncertainty from what happens when you're no longer living and we know it's uncomfortable it's not lost on us mm-hmm. it's not lost on us and we know it's tough to get into get into a place where you're prepared or, or willing to have these conversations. 773 texted in, and this may be a very specific question you'll have to answer individually, but I have I have an only child and two grandkids. I've got three homes, some 401s that aren't huge. I was told by an attorney, we don't need a trust. Just put my son in all investments uh, and make him a beneficiary. Also, property do a quick deed of some sort. What's your general opinion on that? Can that be done in, via a will instead of a trust, or is it a very specific thing you want to look at? You know, I think it's a specific thing you want to look at, and I want to commend that person for, you know, if you've done the work, you've signed a will, and you've taken care of beneficiaries and and gotten a handle on how you own your real estate. You know, I think trusts are very, you know, very powerful because they're private. You set the rules of the road, and you can put a lot of um, flesh on the bones there for specific kinds of property and how you want it handled when you're no longer living. And you avoid probate, right? And you will avoid probate. Okay. We could keep on taking questions forever on this, and they're flooding the text line. I'm going to ask you offline about a couple of these. And so if you have a question, I'm going to try and answer it on the text line for you. But we're out of time, Corinne. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. John, so great to be here. And thanks to everyone who's listening. And thanks to Illinois State Bar Association for powering Let's Get Legal. Hey, there you go. You did my job for me. WachnerLawFirm.com, W-O-C-H-N-E-R LawFirm.com, 847-272-7360. Take a break. We'll wrap things up next on WGN.